That Nobel Prize for the COVID vaccines last week seems to have marked a turning point in the story of the pandemic. So let's review where we've now arrived. Patricia Greenfield is a distinguished professor of psychology at UCLA and has led a study of our behaviour as the disease turned everything upside down. Well, we did them two ways. The first way was by giving large-scale surveys in two states. We had about 1,000 respondents in California, 1,000 respondents in Rhode Island, and we put the survey online about one month after stay-at-home orders in each state. And we asked people about changes they had experienced, their subjective sense of change in various things during the pandemic, And then the other set of studies were online behavior where we compared the 70 days before COVID stay at home with the 70 days after. And I presume you asked them lots and lots of questions. No, online we didn't ask any questions. It's spontaneous behavior. That's what makes it so interesting. But in the surveys, we asked questions. We ask questions about whether you changed your frequency of growing vegetables, whether you changed your expectations of your children, expecting them to help more around the house, whether you did more home repair, and whether mortality became more salient to you, whether you thought more about death and dying, or whether you had a will, whether they had a will. And when you looked at the results... Were you struck by the difference between different groups? No, all groups responded the same. And in fact, when we took these methods internationally, we found the same results in Turkey, in Mexico, in Indonesia, and Japan. And how did people respond to the experience of COVID? Well, they became more interdependent. Their households became closer. They talked to other household members more. They ate with them more. They cooked more for their family. And mortality became more salient to them. They were more worried about death. They were more worried about death. And as COVID seemed to be less oppressive and present... Did they change back to the way they used to be? Well, we expect that that will happen by and large, but we haven't yet done the study. Anyway, given the results that you got and the picture you had of people reverting to some extent to a kind of village living, did that seem to make them more at ease with the world or were they talking about discovering things that they'd forgotten? Well, we got some of that in our qualitative analysis where we asked parents how they felt about the changes in their expectations of children. And some were very happy that their relations with their children were closer because they were spending more time together with their children were learning remotely. Other parents were very unhappy because, for example, their teenagers lost contact with their friends, which are very important to them, or a teenager was expecting to go to college and couldn't go away. So I would say the reactions were varied. Would it be too simplistic to say people had taken pleasure in escaping parts of the rat race? 
<laughs> I definitely took pleasure in escaping parts of the rat race. I loved it. And one of the things that happened to me personally, my eldest grandson came home from college and he started working with me rather than his Harvard professors on research. And that was the origin of our online studies of COVID. And since then, we have three published articles together with him as the lead author. And this has given me tremendous pleasure. And how would you interpret that as a psychologist, looking at that sort of behavior where people out of the rat race seem to want to go back to how things had been in the village? What we found was a causal relationship between increased salience of death and a retraction of the social world to the household. So those were the forces that caused all the other effects. As those conditions change back, we would expect adaptation to the old conditions and that people would go back to their old ways. You did mention in the beginning asking people about their gardens and vegetables and so on. And I don't want to offend you, but a very, very famous Canadian called David Suzuki, who's been presenting programs on television, The Nature of Things, for example, he's just finished that. He's in his mid-80s and he's a very experienced scientist, geneticist. He talked about taking a pea in the woods and... It wasn't simply a quick thing that you did, but he looked around him and took his time and micturation had a whole new meaning for him. Does that make sense to you? I'm really not interested in where people pee. Ah, no, it's the contemplation of your surroundings instead of just doing something as a a matter of routine. In other words, looking around you, not just being on your screen as you walk, but looking up, looking around. That does make sense to me. And I found myself doing that, enjoying looking at my garden more, for example, enjoying my bicycle rides, being really appreciative of being able to row when we were otherwise at home. Rowing in the boat, in other words. So the final message for people <laughs> about living, having experienced COVID, would be what, do you think? Well, COVID was a tragedy for many people. This is the silver lining of the tragedy. Not everybody was as privileged as I was. There were all the essential workers who had to go to work. There were the people who were dying. There were the people in the nursing homes at the beginning of COVID who were dying alone. So... I don't want to minimize the tragedy of COVID, but I was in a very privileged position where I could enjoy going back to village conditions. It takes a village, still. Patricia Greenfield at UCLA, where she's a distinguished professor of psychology.